can you demonstrate that there's a rapture in the Bible? Well, I think you can. Not only that, I think there's more than one. Some even say that there are seven raptures in the Bible. Now, this is a theory that's been batted around for years, and I kind of wanted to explore that today. Some people don't believe there's even one, but I think we can show there are easily several. Now, what's the significance of the number seven and why there could be several raptures in the scriptures? I'm going to chat about that today with my friend and teacher, Chet Morton, on this episode of the Cross References Podcast. the Cross References Podcast, where you learn how every small piece of the Bible tells one big story, and most importantly, how they all connect to the cross and Christ. Whether you're a newbie Christian or a veteran Bible reader, our goal is that God's Word will make more sense to you after every episode. This is Luke Taylor. I am a minister, and I believe in the rapture. And if you don't, then I hope you will by the time this episode ends. I started this episode because I want to tackle this question. Are there, could there, really be seven raptures in the Bible? And when this question comes up, why do we arrive at the number seven for what we're trying to find out? Why does it matter? Well, uh, we'll get into all that later. I've I've been batting around the idea of doing this episode because I keep having this debate with people on um, social media. Someone in a, you know, some Christian group that I'm in, they're going to scoff at the idea of the rapture. They're going to say, well, the rapture isn't biblical. And so every time somebody says that, I follow it up with the same question every time. I say this, what happened to Enoch? Because if you know Enoch's story, you know that one day he was walking with God and Enoch, he had this really close, really special relationship with God. He was a prophet and he was so close with God that one day God just took Enoch right on up into heaven. Enoch never tasted death. In other words, Enoch experienced a rapture. Now, this is not what most people think of when they think of the word rapture. They want to talk about the specifically the doctrine of the rapture of the church, which would take place before the seven year tribulation, which would bring about the end of the world as we know it. I actually that's I think of the words of that song sometimes because I think we're going to be singing it someday. It's the end of the world as I know it, but I feel fine and I'll feel fine because I want to be up in heaven. I get to skip all that death and destruction. I get a free pass right on up to the pearly gates. And there's a lot of people who are just really not crazy about that doctrine. They say, well, that's just wishful thinking. You know, you just say that because that's just what you want to believe. You're just trying to think happy thoughts. So you don't have to think about going through the end times. Well, I do hope the rapture is true, but that's not why I believe in that doctrine. I mean, the question to me has never been, what do I want to be true? The question is, what does the Bible say? And here's what the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. We're going to read verses 13 through 18. It says, But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do, who have no hope. And let me just break in right here. When it says those who are asleep, it's talking about Christians who had died. That's a common euphemism in the New Testament for Christians who have died. They call them, they say that that you've fallen asleep. Um, that that's just a phrase that they use. Kind of like, you know, we might say, oh, so-and-so passed away. You know, we say that to not be as blunt about the fact that, that they're dead and in the ground. But not only that, for the Christian, death is not permanent. So the, the Bible kind of gives this idea of, no, you're just asleep. 
because there's an impermanence to it. Just like when Jesus raised that little girl from the dead, he said, oh, she's not dead. She's just sleeping, you know, because he knew he's about to bring her right back. And that's true for all of us Christians, too. Someday Jesus will bring us if we've died before before he comes, before the rapture. But he's still going to bring us back. Our death is not permanent. Our bodies will be resurrected. And so Paul wrote this, this letter, First Thessalonians. He wrote it to correct a false belief of the Thessalonians that those who had died, that they had just missed out on the rapture, that they'd missed out on the resurrection because they didn't survive until Jesus came again. And so this was a belief that the Thessalonians had, and Jesus is correcting it. He says, no, no, no. I don't want you to be worried about those who have fallen asleep or already died. And then he says this in verse 14. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. So again, Paul is just saying for those for those who have died, they haven't missed out on the rapture. In fact, he says they're going to rise first. Verse 16, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. So a trumpet, uh, I just want to comment on this. A trumpet is one of those key markers of the rapture of the church. Like you see that phrase come up a lot when you talk about the rapture. It's right here in these verses. And it says at the moment that the, that the trumpet sounds, it says the dead in Christ will rise first. Then, verse 17, then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Now, I, I just want to say one more time, um, those who are already dead, they, they do get re resurrected right there. They do go right up to be with Jesus in the rapture. And then we who are alive follow right along with them. But this all happens in just... It's in the blink of an eye. Okay. The twinkle of an eye. I believe it says somewhere else. Um, this just happens instantaneously. So it's not like we watch all of the graves open up and all these people float up to heaven and then we follow a little bit later. No, there's, it's just all at once. Okay. Once the rapture starts, it's too late. You don't have time to watch it all going on and get right with God. You can't drop to your knees and pray and repent right then and on the spot. You got to be ready now. And so at, this all just happens in the blink of an eye. Now, some people will say that the word rapture never appears in the Bible, but that is a misleading statement. The correct, a more accurate thing to say is that it, it doesn't appear in the English of our Bible, but it actually is right here in verse 17. You just have to go back to the original language. It's where it says caught up together. That's, a, that's the Greek word harpazo. When this passage was translated into Latin, which was many, many years ago, but when they translated it into Latin, they translated the word harpazo, it was translated to in rapturo. And that's where the word rapture comes from, because, you know, we speak a Latin, a Latin based language, basically. But that's where the word rapture comes from. It's just a translation. In, uh, that, that's where the, the, the word rapture comes from, the translation of the Latin, which was translated from the Greek word harpazo. It's a word. They all mean the same thing. It's a word that means caught up. Okay, a great catching up. That's the harpazo, the enrapturo, the rapture. It's when you're caught up, caught away. And it's spoken of right there in the Bible. So some people get upset because they don't see the literal word. 
in the Bible, the word rapture. But that's just a word that means caught away, catching away. That's that's all that the word means. And it's and that word, that phrase is right there in the scripture. And that's what the doctrine that we believe in says. Okay, that that people are going to be caught away. Actually, I think there's still one more verse I didn't read on this chapter. It's verse 18. It ends there. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. And that's one of the reasons I believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. Because if the rapture were going to take place after the tribulation, which is what some Christians believe, then this would not be a very comforting teaching. (laughs) It'd be like, hey, you're going to go through a bunch of death and destruction and turmoil and torment. And then you're going to be raptured if you make it through all that. Well, you know, that's not a very comforting, uplifting message. It's only comforting if it happens before the tribulation. And that's what the, the, the teaching on the rapture says here. It says, comfort one another with these words. And I do find them comforting. I, if you don't believe in a pre-tribulation rapture, I don't know how you find them so comforting. But anyway, um, when some people try to say the rapture isn't biblical, as, as I mentioned before, I just want to say, I not only believe that there is a, a rapture in the Bible, I'd actually say there's more than one. Potentially, there are seven. I'm not 100% sure yet, but, uh, you know, if there's actually seven, but that's a theory that's out there that I'd kind of like to explore today. And I want to explore it with a friend of mine. His name is Chet Morton, and I will introduce him soon. He, he's someone I've attended lots of his Bible studies over the years. He, he lives locally to me, and I, I came to know him uh, probably through a radio station where uh, where I've been employed for most of my working life, <laughs> a Christian radio station. He had a Christian Bible teaching program on that station for for many many years, and and I kind of I got I got caught up in that. <laughs> I got raptured into that. Is very interesting. Listened to several of his programs, and then gone to several of his local Bible studies over the years as well. And so I want to bring him on because I think if anyone. You know, I just, I don't know if he's ever, maybe I heard this idea from him before years ago that there's seven raptures in the Bible. You know, I wasn't sure, but I thought, I bet Chet would know something about that theory. So I gave him a call and he said, yeah, he'd be happy to come on the program. So we're going to talk to him in just a little bit. Um, But before I do that, before I bring him on, I just want to discuss a few different theories on this idea of seven raptures in the Bible. I'm just going to look at three different people's lists. I want to run through this very quickly because I want to get to Chet soon. Um, and and I, it's not my goal on this program to always just throw a bunch of theories at you. You know, I try to do the the research on my end before I even start recording. I try to do all my research. I don't want, you know, I look at all the six or seven different theories of, of how to interpret a passage. And then I'll tell you the one I think is best. I don't want to waste your time with going through like seven different ideas. I just want to tell you what I think, you know, what do I land on? Um, but this seven raptures theory, I mean, it's it's so... It's just kind of so out there, like kind of so theoretical by nature that I don't just want to present one idea to you. So here's three. I want to give you three different ideas. And the first one here, this comes from North Valley Church in Phoenix, Arizona. I'm not saying they invented this theory. This is where this is the first list that came up as I was doing my my intense, in-depth research into this subject, a.k.a. I was Googling it. And seeing what came up first. <laughs> and this is this is what came up first was North Valley Church. They had a list that starts with number one, Enoch. And I will say this now, all the lists start with Enoch. Okay? And as I said before, Enoch walked with God. This is what Genesis 5.24 says. Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. <laughs> it's kind of a strange verse. He walked with God and then he was not. He was and then he wasn't. 
<laughs> you know, he was just gone. What happened to him? He was just taken straight on up into heaven. So this is why when people try to tell me the rapture is unbiblical, I always ask them, what happened to Enoch then? Because he was a rapture. And people try to tell me it wasn't a rapture, you know, because, well, because they have their own idea of how the word rapture should be interpreted. But I'm just trying to use the basic definition. I say, uh, it means to go to heaven without dying. You know, I just defined it for you earlier, caught up to heaven. So I say, was, was anyone else taken up to heaven without dying? And then that begs the question, well, are there any people in the Bible who were just taken on up into heaven without like dying to get there? They just went straight on up there? Well, Enoch. <laughs> so, so anybody who tries to tell me that the rapture is not biblical, I'm like, there's a rapture in the fifth chapter of the Bible. <laughs> it's right there at the start. <laughs> okay. Moving on. Number two, Elijah. And that story's in 2 Kings chapter 2. And he just, he, again, he was just taken up to heaven without dying. And his story involves a chariot of fire. But, I mean, it's it's still the same concept there. He went to heaven. He ascended to heaven without dying. So he's rapture number two. Number three on this list, they say Isaiah. And I'm, I'm not going to read all the verses for every single one of these. But one of the most famous stories from Isaiah's book is chapter six. He goes up to... Well, he has a vision. That's why I don't know if I'd count this one. He has a vision of God and his throne. And so they're saying this is rapture number three. You know, I'm not sold on that idea. I'll move on. Number four, Jesus, uh, the ascension. Um, because, yes, Jesus died on the cross, but then what happened after that? You know, he was resurrected. He's on the earth for 40 days. And then he ascended to heaven, Acts chapter one, verse nine. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. Boom. That's a rapture right there. <laughs> so that's a very clear one to me. Yes, Jesus in the ascension, that's a rapture. Okay, the fifth one on their list is Philip. And they get this from Acts chapter 8, verse 39. This is when Philip went to go speak with the Ethiopian eunuch. And it says, when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. So the spirit of the Lord carried Philip away. I don't know if that harpazo word shows up there. I, here's the thing. I don't think I'd count that one because he wasn't caught away to heaven. He just said he, the Lord, the Lord carried him away. He just went somewhere else on earth. So again, this is their list. This is not my list. I don't think I'd count Philip on that list because he didn't, he didn't go to heaven. That's that's what all the other, that's what happens in all the other raptures. <laughs> so, so anyway, but their list has Philip. Number six on their list is Paul. This is where Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, he's talking about having a vision of heaven. And, and many people think it was Paul talking about himself, but it could have been about someone else. But Paul said, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. So again, I don't know. I don't know if I'd count this one. It sounds like a vision. It's not like he's permanently stayed in heaven. So that's a little sketchy to me. Um, some of these are visions, so I don't know if I'd count them. Then the number seven is the rapture of the church. And we already read those verses earlier, so I won't I won't read them again. Although I, I want to say this. Again, you hear people say that the rapture is unbiblical, but they only say that because they don't believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. But I'd still say 1 Thessalonians 4, it's still in the Bible. <laughs> so, so you might not agree on the timing of the rapture. But 1 Thessalonians 4 is still there. I mean, you still have to deal with it. 
it must mean something. That's what I want to say when people say, oh, I don't agree with that interpretation. You know, and they just want to throw out this or that interpretation on on something that they don't like in the Bible, that they don't like that interpretation. I'm like, okay, well, what does it mean? It has to mean something. <laughs> if you don't like this interpretation, okay, but I need an alternative one. You know, some people say it's, it's not biblical. Well, the, it's a, describing the rapture right there in 1 Thessalonians 4. So maybe you disagree on when it happens, but at some point there's got to be a rapture. So I say every Christian, if you believe 1 Thessalonians, you got to believe in a rapture at some point. So anyway, that was that church's list. There's like three or four of those that I agree with. I'm not really sold on the Paul one or the Philip one or the Isaiah one because those are those are visions. Well, Philip was, didn't even go to heaven. So I don't know. Daniel Daniel had a vision of God on the throne. So I don't know why he wouldn't count in their list too. So I don't... Let's look at what someone else says real quick. The number, number two, theory number two comes from Bethesda Church in Singapore. So their list includes Enoch, Elijah, Jesus with the Ascension, and the church. So the same four is, is in a previous list. Number five for them, they believe also in a mid-tribulation rapture, like the pre-trib rapture with the church and then another one mid-tribulation. And, it's, and they pull this from Revelation 7, where it says, Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these clothed in, clothed in white robes, and, and from where have they come? I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out of the Great Tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. So that's another idea there. Personally, I don't see that as a rapture. I, I think that's just people who've died during the Tribulation. Like, I don't think the Bible is necessarily saying they were raptured during the, the tribulation. So I don't I don't know about that one. Their number six is the 144,000. I'm not entirely sure on that either. I mean, I actually looked a little bit. It's a little interesting what they had said because I'd, I'd studied the 144,000 before. I've never seen an indication before that they were raptured. So I don't know where they're really coming from on that. But that's that's an idea they had from Revelation 14. And then their number seven is the two witnesses in Revelation 11. And these are two guys who show up and um, bring judgments on the world and preach about the gospel during the tribulation. And uh, the, the, there's a story about them in Revelation chapter 11. <clears throat> Towards the end of their story, it says in verse 12, Then they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, Come up here. And they went up to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies watched them. So again, I, I agree with this one, and this is on my list. That that's a very plain rapture right there. It's it's after the rapture of the church. So again, that 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 was the list from the church in Singapore. Four or five that I really agree with. Um, I'm not sold on the hundred forty four thousand thing, but I want to ask Chet about that one probably. Uh, I'll ask him in in a few minutes. And then um, one more theory, real quick. This one comes from Bible Baptist Church. And I, when I, this came up in Google and I looked at their website and it said they are located in Inishmore, in Ballincollig, in Cork. So I don't know where Inishmore, Ballincollig, or Cork even are. <laughs> they sound like Lord of the Rings names or something. <laughs> you know, summon the Ballincollig. But I don't even know where that location is. So, but this is from Bible Baptist Church in Inishmore, Ballincollig, Cork. <laughs> okay. Wild name. I'm assuming it's European from the pictures on the website. It looked kind of European, but I don't know. I don't know. So here's here's where they here's their theory on the seven raptures. 
They say number one, Enoch, number two, Elijah, number three, Jesus, number four, the church, number five, the two witnesses. Then their number six are the tribulation saints, which get raptured at the end of the tribulation. And that's, they get that from Revelation 14, 16, where it says, so he who sat on the cloud swung his sickle across the earth and the earth was reaped. And they're talking there about how at the end of the tribulation, anybody who got saved during the tribulation and survived all the way to the end, that then they're just raptured out of the earth. So that's a, I guess I'll say that's a possibility. I don't, I'm not sold on that, but that's an interesting idea that they threw out. And then their number seven is something I have never heard anywhere before. The rapture of the damned, where this is the idea that every single unbeliever in all of human history is going to be resurrected to participate in the battle of Armageddon at the end of the tribulation. I'd never, ever heard that idea before. They gave some references for why they believe that. That came from Joel and Zephaniah to try to support this idea. Personally, I did not see it. I'd read those verses. I didn't see that idea being <laughs> listed. So their list is a pretty good list, but especially except for that last one, I can't see that anywhere. But to recap all three lists, there's four of them there that that are on everybody's list. Enoch, Elijah, Jesus, and the church. And then there's a, a few of them uh, that list the two witnesses in Revelation 11. And I think you could make a strong case for that. So that's five. Uh, could Chet get us to seven? And does it matter if there are seven? Well, I think it's finally time. Let's talk to him about it. Well, hello, everybody. So this is Luke Taylor here, and I've, I've got on the phone with me Mr. Chet Morton. And uh, Chet is a guy, I'm trying to think where we even met, but I know it was through the radio station where I'm employed, uh, KNEO 91.7. And uh, so we met several years back. He had a, a program that he started on the radio. So he's a former radio show host and uh, also a longtime Bible study teacher. And Chet just loves getting into the word and sharing what it has to say. And he's he's brought so many things to my attention that I never knew were in the Bible before and that, that's why I do my own podcast now is I wanted I want to give that gift to other people as well and share things that are hidden deep in the scriptures and so hey Chet thanks for taking some time to talk to me on my show you bet you bet glad to do it well uh so we're talking about the the seven raptures theology or the idea the theory maybe you might call it um but let, let me start with this question because I'm sure you have lots of conversations with people about things in prophecy you probably heard this before from people they say Oh, the rapture? Well, that's not even in the Bible. That's not even biblical. <laughs> so, how do you yeah. respond when someone says that? Well, it is in the Bible. The original word for it is harpazo, and uh, that in in English, that's the rapture. And uh, so that uh, it's it's there. It's in the original uh, language, and uh, it is something that is truly going to happen. Jesus said it would, and uh, hopefully, after we get done here, a lot of the folks who are listening will get a little deeper uh, perspective of it. Yeah. Yeah. When people say the word rapture is not in the Bible, that's kind of just splitting hairs. Like that's kind of just a linguistic issue. That's not, that's, it's not even actually correct to say that because you're right. It, it is in there. Um, yeah. It's just a translational thing, but. Um, well, it is, it is right in our, our English is that is right. It's rapture. Yeah. In English. But I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the, uh, here's another thing I wanted to ask you about. And uh, so b before I 
came on to start talking to you. I was already I already recorded a little bit here just talking about the theory that different people have different lists of what the seven raptures in the Bible could be. But someone yeah. might wonder, why are you talking about the number seven? What's the significance of the number seven? And I thought you could probably explain that better than anybody. Well, where I'll give you an example, and this would help the people too probably. The year 2030, many of the Bible people that I listen to are telling us 2030 is the 6,000-year mark of human history. Mm. And many, like myself, believe that we're running so close to the the rapture that we're speaking of, of the church, that uh, now we have the people that are wanting to start a one-world government are declaring that on 2030 they're going to make a move of some kind. Uh, and I think it'll actually happen before that because they're pre- they're preparing for it now. Mm-hmm. But uh, six is man's number. It, in general, it's it's been like a negative number because man is in a fallen race. Mm. But seven is God's number. You know that that's that's God's number. It's a number of uh, completion and perfection. It's it's everything about Him. He makes no mistakes. Uh, when He sent His Son into the world to die. That was on purpose. It wasn't a mistake. He sent him so that we could call out on Jesus' name and be saved. But numbers are important in the Bible. They really are. Seven is prolific, Mm -hmm. not just in Revelation, but in other parts of the Bible. But certainly in Revelation, for sure, it's all over the place. Well, there's a lot of things that you can, you know, when you dig in the scriptures, you can see where God, like you said, it's not just in Revelation where it's kind of obvious there, but there's lots of lists and things you can find in the Bible, things that happen exactly seven times. And that's so right. It's a number God goes back to a lot, isn't it? Yes, it is. He that as a that is that's the that's a number you and I can't reach, mm. but He can. Yeah. And we we come under when we get saved, we come under His arm, under His loving arm, and uh, we're with Him. We're saved forever, and and nothing can change. But uh, the numbers are real when you're studying something that's negative. Mm-hmm. Maybe a, a devil thing, or maybe like the people that are trying to start a one-world government and doing away with God. That's negative. <laughs> so, but anyhow, six is man's number, seven is God's number. Mm-hmm. We're about to, we're about to end the six thousand year mark of human history. That means things are going to start happening, and I'm serious about that. Mm-hmm. The rapture, I believe, will happen soon. I don't set dates, but I believe that it's going to happen soon. Now, after that rapture happens, there is a seven-year period left where the the world just falls apart and enjoys it, enjoys sin and all types of things. The church will not be here for that, and God's going to say to them, all right, you reject my son? Have at it. I'll give you seven years. Now, by the time that thing's over with, uh, it's not going to be good. But anyhow... The numbers, yes, play a very important role in Scripture. Hmm. We're going to look at seven uh, raptures. There's so many of the sevens in there, as well as sixes, but mainly sevens. Mm-hmm. And it's it's it sets a precedent for something that we ought to keep an eye on. That's that's what I say about it. Hmm. And the way you described the tribulation there, that man just kind of has free reign to go after sin and pursue sin as much as he wants. Um, <laughs> it, you know, looking around at the world today, it already seems like that in a lot of ways. It's I I, I kind of look at stuff that's going on. I'm like, how could it get any worse? But uh, there is the worst is still yet to come, isn't it? It is. Uh, I I have a Thursday night Bible study and use a lot of other people's videos because they're so good. Uh, anyhow, um, it's hell is real. 
hell is real. I don't want anybody. I don't want even these guys that are trying to start a one world government. If I could go to them and win them to the Lord, I'd do it. But it's we are in a bad time. It's 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 not a time to uh, cow down. It's a time to get up and stand up for Christ mm-hmm. for sure. Mm. Well, uh, so Chet, I guess that brings us to our big question of the day. Uh, what do you see as the seven raptures in the Bible? I do, and they're coming up right now. Okay. The first, the uh, first rapture was Enoch, mm-hmm. and Enoch was the. Y- 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 are you ready for this? Now, I told you a while ago that seven was God's number. Right. Enoch was the seventh from Adam. Mm. Seventh from Adam, and he was raptured out. He followed God and and the Lord talks about him if you get a chance read through that area but Enoch the seventh from Adam was with the first to be raptured out uh, early on and before the first dispensation or they'd be the second dispensation was over with uh-huh. but so and that's another thing a quick quick note here if you have a chance to begin to study and you don't know your Bible very well uh, study dispensationalism because Enoch was in the second dispensation, the Edenic before the fall, and then the uh, the, the uh, second one was in all that they gathered up and began to to uh, come together, and it was be the Adamic Adam mm-hmm. uh, after the fall. And so, anyhow, Enoch was the seventh from Adam, and um, he was uh, one who was so close to the Lord, the Lord just took him home one day. And so the first, the first, uh, the, let me say the third dispensation was the Noahic and it was 1656 years after the creation. And that's when the flood came and Noah's flood. Mm-hmm. Uh, can I add something to this to maybe bless the people here? <laughs> sure. Let me, let me show you something here. The first 10 men in the Bible. Now remember Enoch was the seventh. We'll get right back to that. But anyhow, let me let me show them something. I don't get to show this very often, so I'm going to take this opportunity. Uh-huh. The Jewish or biblical names have meanings, and a lot of times it, they have some meanings that are really knock your socks off. Adam means man; he was the first one. Seth, after him, means appointed. Enosh means mortal. Kenan means sorrow. Mahalalel means the blessed God. Jared means shall come down. Uh, Enoch means teaching. Lamech means the despairing. And Noah means comfort or rest. Now, that wouldn't mean a whole lot to anybody, except for when you put these to a sentence. Mm-hmm. And you all, and you have to, all you have to add is the, is the um, things that bring the words together. Listen to this as a sentence, not their names, but the meaning of their names. Man is appointed mortal sorrow. But the blessed God shall come down teaching. That's Jesus. Mm-hmm. His death shall bring the despairing rest. And that's the meaning of the first 10 men's name in the Bible. And so there you have with Enoch in it. And it kind of outlines out. God's whole plan of salvation right there, too. It, it's it, it, right there hidden in the meaning of their names. Mm-hmm. So anyhow, that's uh, Enoch. Then that's the first one. Right. You want to go right on to the next one now? Is that yeah, no, sure thing. Actually, so I, I looked at a few lists before I called you, and um, the I, everyone's list, they always put Enoch and probably the next one where you're going. They always put the same two guys right at the – that's that's always on all the on the same one on all the lists. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah but go right ahead. 
Okay. So Enoch was the first, and Elijah was the second. You know how Elijah yeah. was taken up. Right. In and, the chariot. And uh, he was raptured up just, just like just like the one before him, just like we will be. Mm-hmm. When you start talking about the Old Testament saints and you realize this is going to happen to you too, mm. the believers. So anyhow, Elijah was the second. And um, you know how, how the things that he did. Mm-hmm. The third was Jesus, our, our Savior and Lord. He was the third in the list. Right. And believe it or not, the Apostle Paul died and he went to heaven. Yes, in second second Corinthians, right? Yeah, and so Paul said, "I was caught up." That's the word harpazo for rapture. It's that same. So there's four. Yeah. There's okay. four, four in a row already. And well, then well, the church. Want, I'll say something about that because I I was okay. wondering about that earlier. I thought, well, did it? Should we count that as a rapture because he didn't um, stay up in heaven? But I didn't realize it actually used the harpazo word right there. So yeah, I did. Yeah, it does. Okay. So there's Paul. Okay. And the next is the church. Yep. The church. All of the believers on this globe are going to just be hopefully all serving and going along with their lives, telling people about Jesus, and all of a sudden we're going to be gone. Hmm. And so that's a very interesting where we're at now. Yep. Uh, now, one of the... Most interesting things, and I can't give you 100% on this next one, mm-hmm. but I'm very inspired to look at this more, and that is the sixth one being the 144,000 witnesses uh-huh. being raptured out. Yeah. Because if I will just, what I would like to do is just encourage your listeners to look at this for themselves. But these are 144,000. They can't be hurt. Mm-hmm. We don't know where they came from. There they are. And they cannot be hurt. And they, after they've done the work that they're set there by the Lord to do, all of a sudden they're gone too. Now, one of the things I will tell you that just recently I looked up some information on this, and I won't teach on this or anything this evening, but I'll tell you that the 144,000 really makes me think about the the little babies that were killed when Christ was born. Hmm. And I know I'm not telling anybody to believe this for sure, but I'm telling you that I I I am leaning heavy towards the fact that those are they never sinned. They went to heaven after they'd been killed by uh, was it Herod and all the Romans? Yeah. All them that tried to kill because Christ and and they were killed. Mhm. Because the, the, of the thing going around that the Messiah was to be born. Mm-hmm. And there's just some extremely interesting things that I, I learned just recently that I'm going to look at this uh, even in a deeper way. And I will, I will only give it to you that way today. Okay. But they were raptured. Hmm. And then the two witnesses. Right. The two witnesses Revelation were raptured. 11. Yeah. Yeah. And so now uh, there are seven raptures. Those are all biblical. Uh, they're all the only one that someone might scratch their head on is the is the hundred forty four thousand. And uh, I, this is something that has uh, been on my uh, mind for a long time. 
Yeah. But even today, I listen to to double check myself on it. To what a young fellow, I'm 73, so he's young compared to me. <laughs> but he's a minister, and he's really uh, learned. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about this, and he in um, gave the intention that he believes it's probably those as well. He gave some verses that go with it uh, about Christ and when he died and all that. And uh-huh. I can't right this moment, I can't give you any more than that. But I, what I would like to say to the people that are listening to this, uh, uh, study it, study it and uh, help old Chet figure this <laughs> out. But what, by listening to this gentleman that I listened to today, I was, I was given some, th- some thought because they they show up in the, in the tribulation period mm-hmm. and they can't be hurt. They can't be harmed. Right. Well, if they died back in, in the time of Jesus' birth, if they were killed because of him, because people were hunting for the Messiah to kill him, uh, they, you don't have to die twice and their, their death whether they knew about it or not, was for him. Mm-hmm. And so I'll leave it at that as, as a projection. But And I would I would uh, take anybody who was, wants to study that or has studied it can give me some information. I'd like to have it. But there is something very odd about that, and I feel good about thinking the possibility that those could have been raptured up. Those, those could have been – they would come back during the tribulation period Mm-hmm. Obviously, as adults, yeah, and and go back afterward uh, when all when they are taken up, mm. and so that gives you your seven raptures, and uh, they're, they're all there. Now, yeah. the uh, I mentioned Elijah as the second one, mm-hmm. and that I believe that the two witnesses that I called as the last uh, one are. Elijah and Moses. Hmm. And I believe they are the witnesses in the uh, tribulation period. Yep. And I believe that they are that seventh rapture is them. Right. And Elijah died, but I believe he came back. God sent him back. The the, the people that have known God, been in his presence and 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 learned from him there, if he tells them to go back, it, it, you're not I'm not going to let him hurt you even if you're shot and killed. Mhm. God has you in his sights. He, you are not going to be hurt. You may die, but he'll raise you right back up. Mm. And that's, uh, I know that's deep possibly, or maybe sound funny to you, but that's what old Chet believes. Nothing, nothing, there's nothing God can't do. And his people will always come out on top. And they, and that's, that there's no other way to think about it. But I believe those, Last two, Elijah, uh, there, mm-hmm. and um, and Moses. Yes, and Moses are the two. Now, another thing about Moses, if you recall studying Moses, the angels were told to find his body. I'm, I'm trying. To, I'm not giving you the exact wording. And uh, what was that all about? Right back then. And so uh, there's a very interesting information there about that. And um, so, but I do believe that was Moses and Elijah that will be there at the end of the tribulation. Now, remember, after the rapture, the Jewish people, the Jewish nation becomes ultra important. Mm-hmm. And so you're seeing Elijah 
and Moses come there and uh, and minister to them. Uh, we know that two thirds of the Jews are going to die during the tribulation, mm-hmm. and one third will remain. One third. Now, I don't know how many Jews are in the world today. I'd say six million or so. Mm-hmm. So you're talking you're talking four million is going to die, and two million are going to be left, and uh, they are going to be they're going to start all over. And that there we go back to that number seven, because at the end of the these raptures and the tribulation is over, Christ returns. He returns, and what's he do? He wipes out the all who are against him, the Antichrist, false prophet, all of them. Mm-hmm. Satan is going to be bound for a time, for a thousand years. At the end of the thousand years, he will be brought forth and and uh, put in that, at that point be put in everlasting hell forever. So, but anyhow, uh, we have a, a lot of interesting things coming up. And uh, is there anything, any other questions you might have? <laughs> no, I think we covered it. I'll, re- I'll recap there your your list that you gave me. And basically, I mean, it's, it's basically my list too. Uh, Enoch, Elijah, Jesus, Paul, the church, uh, the 144,000 and the two witnesses. You know, that. so I didn't, I when I was speaking earlier and I, and I was talking about different theories that are out there, one, one of them had the 144,000. And all I thought on that was, well, I'd never heard that before. But I thought I guess I need to look into that a little bit further because I had I hadn't heard it before that and until you just brought it up again. So you know there could be something to that there. I'll have to look into it. This blows my mind how much of scripture. Uh, a lot of people look at scripture and read the scripture and say, "Well, that's uh, that's a little corny. I don't understand that." I don't. Well, now at the end of the age where we're at now, mm-hmm. these things are starting to make sense. Now, a lot of folks might see the latter part of these as a little off, but I, I actually am. I won't say I'm 100% on them, but I'm 99 or 0.9 because all these things are uh, things that I believe are going to happen. There's some interesting things about about it, and the the people need to understand that after the rapture, the church will be gone. Mm. And if you – I I get a little (laughs) perturbed once in a while – the Jewish people are extremely, extremely important to the Lord. Mm-hmm. They were set aside because they didn't receive Jesus, who is God the Son, and the cross and everything that he did, and they rejected him. So there was a time period that they had to receive him. When they didn't, the, the gospel came to the Gentiles, and that's us. And um, But what we're going to see now is that rapture is going to take place and the vast majority of the world there uh, against God and, and all that he stands for. And he's the creator of everything. And uh, you know what he's best creator of is love. He loves the people that he created. Hmm. And there, and he's he's been rejected and going to be rejected, especially in this last seven years that's coming up. But anyhow, uh, the seven, the, the seven, thing all of a sudden and all these the seven uh raptures i think are real and i i i really do believe we're getting close to the coming of the lord and i see a church that is falling away uh not i'm not talking about all of them but i see no bible prophecy being taught very little in many of the churches uh just little uh 
sermons that would you'd give to a child, you're giving to adults that they've been getting for years. Right. And uh, they're not learning what they need to learn. And um, the main thing, of course, getting saved, make sure they're saved. Mm-hmm. But the church is in trouble right now. Jesus said it would be. Uh, we're in we're in the period of, of in the book of Revelation of the Laodicean church age. And he says to that church, you're not hot. You're not cold. You're lukewarm. You make me sick. I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. And uh, I don't want him doing talking to me that way. And I, I, I will serve him with everything I have. But that tells me that a lot of folks in the church aren't saved. Mm-hmm. They're, and they're not serious about Christ. They're not serious about where we're at in time and uh, his second coming. And I'm not the judge, but I'm just telling you that's what Jesus said. In the uh, third chapter, the last part of the third chapter of the book of Revelation, the Laodicean church. Right. And uh, we need to, uh, I pray that whoever hears this will come to the knowledge of Christ if they don't already. And if they do already, get filled with God's spirit and begin to believe and and, uh, listen and study his word because the time here is short, I'm telling you. Unfortunately, the phone call, I was talking to Chet and the phone call, got it got cut off and I had to like dial him back <laughs> to keep the interview going. But anyway, that's it kind of ends abruptly there, but that's where I have to end it uh, for today, I'm afraid. So guess what? I actually, I said, as I said, I called Chet back and I kept talking with him and we went into another subject matter. We started talking about um, the differences in the rapture and the second coming of Christ, because those are two doctrines that a lot of people get confused. You know, a lot of people, find they, they get confused between what's the rapture of the church or what's the second coming of Christ. Are they the same event? Or they read verses and they aren't sure which verse is applying to which situation. So I wanted to talk to him about that. And so we're going to get into that later. Um, I'm going to bring him back on for the next episode of the Cross References podcast. And that's where you'll get to see the second half of this conversation I had with him, where we talk about differences in the rapture and the second coming. So please come back for that. But we're going to leave it there for today. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast if you're not already. Leave a comment if you got some feedback on this episode. If you got a question, uh, you can send an email. There's an email listed in the show notes. So we'd love to hear some feedback and try to interact with you if you have any thoughts or opinions on what we've been talking about today. So thanks for tuning in, and we'll leave it there for today. This has been Luke Taylor, and join me next time as I speak once again with Chet Morton on the Cross References Podcast. Cross References Podcast.